1: Hey, folks, and welcome to Typology, the show on which we explore the story of you through the lens of the Enneagram. I'm Anthony Skinner, producer of the show. Thrilled to have you here with us today. We're doing something really neat, something unique. We are in week three of a four-week emphasis on couples. The first three weeks, we are replaying some old episodes, but with brand new commentary by Ian. And then in week four, we're going to have a really special episode with Ian and his wife, Anne, and some very special guests that are going to guest host. Now, you may ask, what is the reason for the couple's emphasis? Part of the reason is we are celebrating the opportunity to take a brand new test. It's the IEQ-9 Couples Report. So you all have heard of the IEQ-9 test, which... Ian has said several times he believes it is the best possible test out there to determine your Enneagram type. This couples report gives you an extensive report on your type and how it interacts with your partner or your spouse with their type and vice versa. So this is a really powerful tool, something you definitely will want to get your hands on. You can go to typologypodcast.com slash couples To get that report, make sure you do that. Don't forget that Ian's brand new book, The Story of You, is now available everywhere fine books are sold. With that, it's time to get to this interview. You're going to love this. This is John and Tristan Collins. John is the co founder and president of the Bible Project. That is amazing. If you all have ever experienced that, you know what I'm talking about. Tristan is a professional counselor with a focus on trauma recovery. John is a five. Tristan is a two. This is a very unique combo. Lots of extra couples commentary from Ian on this show. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. We're glad you're here. Now, without any further ado, here's the host of our show, Ian Crumb. Ian, twos and fives, go.
0: (laughs) Well, it's a fascinating combination, my brother. And and here's why. Um, They in many ways are polar opposites. Mm -hmm. This is
1: a really interesting one.
0: Yes. Uh, You know, five is sort of the most interiorized number. Mm -hmm. And two is like the most exteriorized number. Right. Right. The five retreats, uh, the two goes out in terms of feelings. Right. Right. Uh, And so... Again, if they're self-aware and they do their work. They can bring great balance to each other. Um, But as you can imagine, you know, the defense mechanism for for twos is isolation and detachment. Mm -hmm. And for the two, the most interpersonal number on the Enneagram, detachment doesn't register. (laughs) You
1: said twos both times. Say that again, the fives.
0: Oh. Um, You know, uh, twos are big feeling people mm-hmm. and they're very attuned to your feelings right whereas fives are not big feeling they don't have big feelings <laughs> right. they're not as hyperinflated as right. the two's feelings right. right i can
1: imagine the two on a quest to uh to experience and to pull out and to you know get their hands around whatever the five is feeling with the five is not going there
0: you know, I don't know if I mentioned this in the story of you, but I think I have alluded to this uh-huh. um, story that I heard uh, at a thing I was doing in San Francisco. Uh, we had There was a panel, mm-hmm. and uh, this woman who was a two, and she was married to a five. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, I got to tell a story. I got to tell a story the way a two would, right? right. I got to tell a story. I got to tell a story. Um, she said, when we were dating, My uh, now five husband and I went to Golden Gate Park Mm -hmm. and we were sitting there looking out over the water and I just spontaneously turned to him and I said, let's write down everything that we love about each other, as many things as we can, (laughs) as many things as we can in three minutes. And she handed him a piece of paper and a pen and then she's got what she says, Go. And she's furiously writing all the things that she loves about him. Now, they'd only been dating like, I don't know, a couple of months. And she's like, blah, blah, blah. she's writing a book. And he's like, <laughs> sort of like just nibbling. <laughs> he's nibbling the end of his pencil. Oh my God. Okay. And he gets like one or two things down. <laughs> and. <laughs> It comes time to compare the lists. (laughs) And she's got like, she ran out of room on the page. You know what I mean? She's started writing on her hand, right? (laughs) And she shows him the list and she reads it off and, you know, tears are coming down. And Mm -hmm. and then he's just sort of looking at her. And then she goes, share with me your list. And he's got like two things on it. Uh Now, she was crushed, she said. She thought, this relationship is doomed. (laughs) This guy doesn't like me. He doesn't love me. I have just poured my heart out to him. I feel like an idiot, right? Well, what happened there? Well, first of all, she sprung it on this guy who's a five. Let me
1: ask you that. That'd be good. Okay. Um, So tell me what was happening there.
0: Well, I mean, she sprang it on him. Right. Now, fives, this is... You don't do that to a five. No, this is... You don't... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is not working out well. Well, she said, and this is the beautiful end of the story. Mm-hmm. She said that about three or four days later, she got a beautiful handwritten letter from him. Oh, my. With uh, 15 or 20 things that mm-hmm. he loved about her. Wow. But it took him days to think toward his feelings mm-hmm. he did not have immediate access to those feelings right not the way a two would right a two boom has an instant yeah right but the five needed to think his way mm-hmm. to the feelings
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um and she was just operating with not a lot of other awareness like right. this is not how now they didn't know the enneagram at the time either mm-hmm. so she just was thinking this guy is like me he, My
1: gosh, you can this is the power of the Enneagram. Oh yeah. And what it unlocks.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And My so, goodness. Ag- so again, you know, we have this number that's incredibly interior focused, mm-hmm. another one that's ex- too <laughs> exterior focused, right? On feelings. Uh and so, you know, uh this can, you know, it can be a very interesting combination and uh it can be like any other combination, if it's not very self-aware, it can go down in flames.
1: Well, that's a great uh, lead-in for this first clip we have for y'all because this, in this clip, John and Tristan are talking about how they have a completely different relationship to emotions. Mm. So yes. here we go.
0: Yeah. For a five and a two to write a book about why emotions matter, I'm like, oh, man, we got to find out what the story is. So over to you.
2: Yes, the story we are very different in the emotional categories so i don't know how we fell in love in spite of that but we did in our early 20s mm-hmm. and uh but we very quickly learned that we approach emotions completely differently mm. so i as an enneagram 5 distrust emotions and think they are uh they actually are liability Mm -hmm. in my life.
3: Yeah. And then as two, I love emotions. I love express expressing emotions, emotions passionately. And I didn't understand why John seemed like he felt really uncomfortable with my passion or anger. And yes. Yeah. Usually wanted to shut it down.
2: Mm. Yes. So that became a common theme of tension in our relationship many arguments can be summed up to me telling Tristan to stop emoting (laughs) and Tristan to emote in a way that was uncomfortable for me. And I, I, one thing that really helped me understand that was that um, I just would find it unkind when Tristan was emotional because my mode of existence is emotions are not good. And so it's the kind thing to do to not show them. Mm. And, uh, but Tristan is the kind thing to do is to show your emotions because mm-hmm. that creates intimacy in relationships and it's it's the real me and it's vulnerable. And um, and so uh, we've had to learn how to, to come towards the middle. And so this book was a really a big research project for me. And for you, it was an opportunity to reflect on all the things that you have learned as a counselor. Mm-hmm. And it was just really helping us work through like what How do we come to the
1: middle? Okay, so we have to talk about this connection to kindness. He actually, uh, John says he viewed emotions or expressing emotions as being unkind.
0: Mm. Can you imagine what would happen in that relationship if John couldn't articulate that or did not articulate (sighs) it? Because the two, that would be incomprehensible to the two. Absolutely. Right? And in one level, the two is correct. Like, Sharing emotions right. is vulnerable, and vulnerability is the pathway to intimacy, the secret sauce of relationships. Right, right, uh, and so it's brilliant and wonderful that they've learned to to come to the middle. Yeah, right. In in terms of working with emotions, right, yeah. with, with feelings, because here's the thing: uh, twos experience the lack of emotional connection. As abandonment, mm-hmm. or as Helen Palmer would put it, deprivation. Mm-hmm. Like he's dep- It's almost like if you're not a very self-aware two, or you don't know the enneagram, you might even think like it's some kind of punishment
1: mm-hmm.
0: that the five is you know imposing on you and by withholding emotions. Isn't it's like- that
1: their sort of greatest fear to be unloved for the two or?
0: well not to be loved or appreciated Mm -hmm. yeah um and and i think for but for the two that that deep need for relationship and connecting at the level of feeling Mm. is incredibly important and so they would experience it as abandonment and their demand check this out the two's demand for emotional connection and through feelings and Their expression of feelings in the eyes of the five looks like instability. Wow. It looks like instability. So it's so important for the five to learn.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: Yeah. So it's important for the five to learn. Check this out. That feeling is a mode of thinking. So let let me explain that. Feelings. Have their own intelligence,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: Feelings. We think with our feelings You're about that. sometimes. We have three
1: brains, and that's one of them, right?
0: Right. We have three different brains, and yeah. one of them is feeling. Yeah. And you know, um, we have to realize that our feelings communicate things to us. That they communicate information. They mm-hmm. they are an intelligence. Mm-hmm. Fives overprivileged thinking. Mm-hmm. And don't give any privilege to feeling. Wow. And sometimes the two will say, oh, you're just caught up in your head. Right. Tell me about your heart. And sometimes they overprivilege feeling. <laughs> yes. And don't appreciate critical thinking. Wow. Wow. So if you can meet in the middle, as they were discussing, it's pretty powerful. Yes. Because if the five can learn to appreciate what the intelligence that comes, like, like, um. Oof. Like at one point, I think he he sort of begins to recognize, and maybe this is in our next clip, but that that they're inside of embedded inside feelings, there's information. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: And I'll talk about that a little bit uh, in the next clip because he mentions it there. But but for now, let's just realize that, you know, I think he said this too that he is a five, distrusts emotions. Mm And I would argue that sometimes a two can trust emotions too much. Mm, that's right? good. And he trusts thinking too much, and she doesn't, uh, you know, it's not right. natural for the two to right. say, feelings aside, critical thinking first. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, and sometimes you need critical thinking first.
1: It's like you said, it's kind of a miracle they hooked up because he actually says the existence of emotions is not good.
0: Yeah. Well, but you know what? Here's the thing. Yeah. Don't you think that in every marriage, you know, we're young, we're kids. Right. We, you know, if we get married in our 20s, you know, 25 or something like sure. that. You know, we don't know all the reasons we're marrying that other person. Right, right. We just don't. Right. There are so many unconscious dramas and dynamics going on. Who knows? I mean, he, there may be a part of him. Like, well, let me give you an example. Sometimes the five will be attracted to the two because they run interference for them. Right. They're so outgoing. They go to parties and the five can kind of hide mm-hmm. behind the two's social energy. Right. Uh, the two can do all the talking for the five. Right. Um, the two, all the
1: feeling for the five. Oh,
0: do you know what twos are good at? What? Small talk. <laughs>
1: You know what fives have no interest in?
0: Small talk. <laughs> exactly. They're just really uncomfortable with it. So, you know, there are reasons we get married. We see yeah. things in the other that they can do for us.
1: Well, I'm sure we're going to get into this, end, but it's really interesting the way these two came into the relationship with some polar opposite... Uh, personality differences that could have been and and were in the beginning real rubs, but differences that ended up being really complementary of the other all right let's go ahead and roll some more tape with John and Tristan, and then we'll come back with some more commentary
0: How did you navigate my gosh you're living with a highly emotionally charged experience how did how did you how did mm. you how did you do
2: well, you know I have a lifetime of experience checking out (laughs) emotionally and so it's such a defense such a built-in defense mechanism that there could be so much chaos around me and i can just go into my head and i still have that ability and um and so i i still to this day probably lean on that too much um but uh yes there was a lot of grief there was a lot of I think at first it was re- it was it wasn't grief at first at first it was frustration and kind of disillusionment of like what why is this happening like like why, why is my dad making these decisions it just doesn't make any sense and why why were these things happening in my business and and I really wanted to fix it through like rational means um and um and instead just letting myself Kind of sit in that disappointment um, it, that's a new skill, and that's something Tristan's really taught me through things that she's learned is you know sadness we talk about all these different emotions and how they they signal important information for us and and sadness is a signal that something needs to heal and and for things to heal you need you need time you need to sit in that grief um, sadness actually psychologists have found um, that when you when you're experiencing that emotion of sadness, you actually get kind of sharper. You mm. you have clearer memories, you get less biased. These are all things of five loves, yeah. right? <laughs> um, you you slow down. Your brain kind of reallocates energy to your to your thought process because something needs to heal. And so sadness lets you kind of slow down and let that thing heal. And for me, what needed to heal. Um, was actually just a mode of being in the world that was was not quite healthy enough hmm. um, I think there's some great things about being a five but um but man uh not not understanding that I have a body and not appreciating my emotions really keeps me away from so much of life that's important
1: well, there's a lot going on there, yeah, he touched on so many things there
0: and you know what's beautiful is that um It really shows that in the process of of writing this book, and so people know it's this book they they wrote together called Why Emotions Matter. Mm -hmm. And you can just see that John has done so much self-reflection and has had an openness to change. Mm -hmm. Um, Prior to
1: this clip, he talked about feeling like he was just a brain on a stick. Yeah. This, This whole sort of unfolding and finding out there are more parts of him
0: so. yes yeah now what's interesting is they, they have he has this episode in his life it, it required healing and grief and sadness in order to get there mm-hmm. um, obviously tristan helped him to see that sure but isn't it interesting he he comes to the conclusions the conclusion that uh, emotions contain important information mm
1: you so can value in a different way. Yeah, go ahead.
0: All right. Important information. Then he says, "Psychologists have found there's been a little research here." Yeah. Okay. I but love that. I actually think it's a good thing. Yes. I I actually felt like when he said that that, you know what, if a five can reframe it that way, if they if 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 in order to to start dealing with their feelings, yeah. They begin to do it, see the value of the feeling because mm-hmm. it has, it contains information mm-hmm. and it's good to know that psychologists and you know, the, the research shows that, you know, yeah. allowing these feelings to happen can create more clear thinking. I don't, however the five gets there, right? It's fine with me, but I just think it's a lovely reframing and yeah. it makes it easier for the five to, to do that work. Yeah. Right. Um, and, uh, I also like that toward the end or at the end of it, you know, he does mention, you know, um, that uh, it that not being attuned to his motions really keeps him away. And he says this here Mm. from so much of life that's important. Gosh. And so, again, you know, we we talk about this idea of balancing centers. Mm -hmm. Right. So we have the feeling center. Two, three, four. Mm -hmm. We have the thinking center. Five, six, seven. Yeah. And we have uh, the doing or the intuition center. Mm-hmm. They all are intelligences. They're all brains. Yeah. Now, all of us, before we start to do work, right. overprivilege one of them. We right. over-rely on one of those brains. Yes. And then often, when we have a deficit in one of those brains, we judge it as being unimportant. Mm. As a defense against uh, our owning the fact that we don't have access to it right. do you know what I mean yes. and we feel some shame about not having access yeah. to it so we just go oh it's not important right now that's what John does yeah you know you think about what he says at the very beginning it's like I just don't think emotions are kind and I, I, I just don't even think uh, that they're important essentially
1: his, his way of dismissing what
0: he, he didn't have access to he was saying I don't have that brain yeah uh, and therefore, I feel okay judging that brain yeah. as being unimportant. Right. Okay? Wow. Now, so what we want to do as we work with the Enneagram is to bring these centers into balance so that we have access to all three brains equally.
1: And I love that he, one of the words I keyed in on early that he said was he talked about developing a skill. Mm-hmm. And we all need to develop this skill to access the one that we're deficit in or the right. two that we're deficit in.
0: So let me give you an example of that I'm in, I'm a feeling guy. Mm-hmm. I'm a four, but there are times when I have to say enough with the feelings. Mm-hmm. I need to tap into my thinking center mm-hmm. and critically analyze this situation. And without feelings involved, mm-hmm. determine what to do. Right. So, de- or,
1: or am I doing right?
0: Yeah. I need to detach from the feelings. Yeah. Right. And then, of course, yeah, uh, once I know what that is, you know, make a decision over here, then I need to activate my doing center and actually, you know, execute on what I've now thought about. So I'm not just relying on feelings. Yeah, right. I'm using all the intelligences. Yeah. Right. That's so good. That's so important. So let's go on to the next one. Let's do it, man. Here we go. Well, question I have for for you, Tristan, is uh, let's say you're speaking to a room of a thousand twos. Okay. (laughs) And uh, what, how would you tell them to live, how to live in relation, in a healthy relationship with their feelings? Like, like what, what, what Mm -hmm. counsel would you give them uh, in regards to living with feelings?
3: Well, I think what's been very life changing for me is figuring out what I need. And that my feelings give me information to figure out what I need. Mm-hmm. Like when I go to anger, realizing, okay, I've reached a complete limit, and I usually need to withdraw and be by myself. Um, okay. But I think the problem with twos is, is that we always feel this, uh, we have this conflict within ourselves of what we feel like we should do versus what we think we need. And oftentimes you feel like those are in conflict. Like mm. I can't take care of what I need and also take care of what you need. And realizing that there can be both um, and that it's actually better for the relationship to not have to be either or, but that you know part of creating an intimate relationship is being honest and being honest about those limitations. Mm. So I think just realizing as twos, it's very difficult for us to focus on what we need. And it's very easy to focus on and read and absorb what everyone else needs. Mm. It just comes naturally. Um, so yeah, that's been definitely something that's constantly on my mind. Like, what do I need? And I always usually know what, what's expected of me, but, um, trying to let go even of the need to please or people to be happy with me. Um, And I think it's also just confronting that pride that even if they don't like it and they're not happy with me, just leaning into that this is this is the best thing for our relationship is actually for me to figure out what I need.
1: Okay, so the thing I think that was so significant to me about this is she identified her own feelings and that her own feelings were pointing to her needs, which is really it's a healthy thing for her too. Right.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And she actually raises something that I think is very important, is that when a five's needs come in conflict, right, with what another person needs, it creates a crisis. Mm, talk
1: about that some more.
0: Well, because it's sort of like they're stuck between a rock and a hard place, uh-huh. right? So, you know, I, let me see if I, this is a dumb example, but if I were a two mm-hmm. and I really need... To go to the gym and work out. Uh But you call and say, I just got a flat tire on I-65. You know, uh, that's actually not a good example. Let me just come up with a different one. Yeah. Um, Let's say, uh, so we're going from rock and a hard place, right? Yeah. Let me just give you a story or an example that might be helpful. Let's say... I have been really looking forward to go to the gym because I I'm just I need to be there. I'm mm-hmm. bottled up. I need to go to the gym. I'm a two. And, right, right. it's like, oh, I got to get there. And I'm all dressed, and then the phone rings, and I pick it up, and it's you. And you say, man, I've had a really tough day today, and I really need to talk to somebody. Uh, do you have a minute? Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at my watch thinking, I got a yoga class in 10 minutes. Right. I got to get to the gym. Right. Now that, if I were a two, would cause a crisis inside because now your needs are coming into conflict with my needs. And the two is like, it's almost like their head's going to explode, right? It's like, what do I do? Right. Right? Um, Now, a healthy two is going to do what what I call uh, to set a good boundary where it's a win-win. They could say, no, I can't do that right now, but I can call you in two hours from now. Mm -hmm. Now you know, they're taking care of themselves. Yeah. Uh, and let's just, they could also say this to you if they wanted to, you know what? I'm going out the door to a yoga class right now and I, I'm going to be busy the rest of the day, but, um, we can talk tomorrow Mm -hmm. or, you know who might be really helpful with this is bill Mm -hmm. because bill has been through this same situation and i bet you that he he could have some real wisdom right that's a healthy too who can say that Ooh, that's good right it's negotiating bargaining it's having a boundary without deserting you yeah that's right yeah so i think that's uh something that you know, is really really healthy, and that's a just a little bit of exposition or editorial on what what Tristan said in this past section.
1: Great. Okay, let's continue listening to this next little section, and then uh, you can comment on that. Okay. Here
0: we go. John, same question, man. You're speaking to a room full of fives. Uh, they all got their laptops out. They're taking mm-hmm. notes. Uh, they they look up the word petrocore already, uh, and I saw you doing it. Um, uh, so tell me. Uh, I think I said paracore, by the way. It's petracore. Thank you very much. Um, so tell me, what, what would you tell a room full of fives about what it means to live in a healthy relationship with feelings or emotions?
2: Yeah. You, you, you were designed as a human person, <laughs> you are a body, and God designed you to have emotions. Um, that that is a key just part of the human experience. You're not a brain on a stick. And that to, to speak a fives language, you know, we've already said it, uh, emotions are a type of information. And, um, and using your emotions will make you wiser, not stupider. I mean, that's what five wants to, to, to ultimately to, to try to control the world through being knowledgeable and wise. And to take away our body's ability to help aid us in that through our emotions is just a really, <laughs> it's, it's a bad strategy uh, as a five. So, um, uh, yeah, really embrace, embrace that side of emotional uh, life. It's going to be hard if you're a five like me who has disregarded that part of your life, your entire existence, um, you're starting you know, from square one, when I was with a counselor, um, I remember her telling me, this is a great time for you to, to learn about emotions because you have young kids and they're learning about emotions too. So, uh, so it felt like I had the emotional intelligence of a four-year-old while raising a four-year-old. And that was actually great. We just kind of like, let's, let's figure this out together. And it's kind of that humbling of, you know, this is a skill that as a five, you've likely left um, alone, and um, but but let's let's go for it. Let's, let's uh, bravely go into the emotional world and, and try to wade uh, wade through it, um, and uh, and give yourself patience because it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be hard.
0: Man, I love that. Me too. I mean, John, just I wish John was out there coaching fives. Right you know, uh, who are struggling with what he uh, has struggled with previously, and I'm sure still struggles with to some degree. Uh, I love when he says, you know, you are designed as a human person, you are a body, and God God designed you to have emotions. Mm -hmm.
1: I love that he said uh, the five ultimately wants to control the world by being knowledgeable and wise and to take away the body's ability to aid us in that. Is not a good decision, not a good strategy. Right. It's kind of what you've been saying.
0: Right. And every number has a strategy that needs to be interrogated and challenged. Mm-hmm. Right. And also, I think um, I love that you obviously that you're not a brain on a stick, which is that's that's often a descriptor (laughs) of fives. Right. And so this idea of embracing the emotional side of life. And I love that therapist was smart Mm -hmm. to say to him, look, you got kids now uh, and they're learning about feelings. This is a great time for you to learn about feelings. That was so strong. And um, uh, and what was so great about John's answer is he uses he says, and it's kind of that. That humbling thing, it's it's, I have to get down to the level of a five-year-old and learn about feelings. And I'm like, isn't that what every type needs is humility? Yes. We all need humility. Um, I need humility to say, well, I need to learn about critical thinking. I need to right. do X. Or, you know, another type may learn, say, oh, I need to learn more about doing. So I got to have enough humility to go learn it over here. Mm-hmm. We need humility. We do. On the, on the journey toward uh, personal growth. No humility, no growth. No humility. Let me you say said it again. It. You said no it. humility, yeah. no growth
1: a beautiful way to end the show, I think.
0: Yeah, well, it's been a really fun one. It has been. Hey, Typology Tribe, may you have love, may you have joy, may you have peace, may you have healing, may you have rest. I look forward to next time.